This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Ishmael Kawaja. Hello, hope you're doing well. It's Thursday, the 22nd of December. Thanks for downloading today's podcast, where you'll hear more about the impact of water shortages in part of the county shortly. But first, we start with our top story at Kent Online. People living on a housing estate near Ashford say roadworks are making life a living hell. A major junction upgrade started on the A2070 in May to give better access to the Finbury development. But resident Tracy Randall says traffic is so bad it takes up to an hour to get on and off the estate. I just feel like I'm a prisoner in my own home. I'm trapped. You can't go out, nothing's convenient and it's completely changed my lifestyle. It's completely changed everything that I do socially. Um, It's definitely had an impact on my mental health because I can't do the things that I usually do to relieve the mental health issues, you know. I just, it's been awful and sleepless nights through traffic coming through and yeah it's not good it's been a continuous stress as in the build-up of transport the summer months were hard because of the amount of lorries that were coming in from off from dover um, from the continent there was a lot of you know because you've got operation brock down the road which also has an impact on the lorry park which then has an impact on trying to get in and out of finbury um, so the summer months were tough and then we sort of like had a bit of a a downtime period but ever since sort of winter's kicked in the darker nights it's just been awful can take 40 minutes to an hour to get from the top of junction 10a into Finbury and then you know you just don't want to go back out you don't want to go out in the evenings because it just takes too long to get anywhere for something that should pop to Tesco's to take 10 minutes it could take you 40 minutes to an hour traveling up and down the bypass it drives you potty it's sad. You've almost come to like uh, come to live with it. Um, obviously, it's eased this week, and it will ease next week because they've opened both the lanes, so you've got a free flow of traffic. But why? Why do it when there's less cars on the road? It just doesn't make sense. They did it in the summer as well. Just get it done. Just the irony is, is you will get charged by going over your date. It's it's a It's a known fact that if you go over your date that you've given to complete your work, you will be charged for not completing it on a daily rate. It could be £150, whatever. But surely that amount of money that has built up over the time the fact that it hasn't been completed would be more than enough money to have paid people overtime at the beginning to get the job done quicker. It's crazy. It's ludicrous. It's just gone on for too long. My husband always says to me, it'll be worth it in the end, it'll be worth it in the end. And I can see the the change already in the roads and everything. Um, But yeah, it will be better, but it's just taken too long to get here. So, you know, roll on 2023, hopefully it'll be finished. With COVID, everybody has a COVID story. Um, I'm not going to harp on about ours, but there was redundancies and having to relocate. Uh, We thought we'd move to Kent to be near a family um, and friends and within a a six to eight week period of moving into Finbury, um, the roadwork started and I just, well, I hate it. I absolutely, I mean, I love my home, but even on the the Facebook page, you know, everybody's so negative and I understand it because I'm negative as well, but it just don't feel like you can 
I don't know, relate to people because everyone's just in a bad mood because of it. It's crazy, isn't it? You move to an area that's new, that everybody's new, so it's not like people have known each other for years and years and years. Everybody here is new. We should be like a, a little community here. But everyone, all everyone talks about is the, is the traffic and the stress and, you know, am I going to be able to get out tonight? Can someone give me directions to get in? It's just so negative and it would just be nice to get everyone together at the end of a big party. Because I just feel like we don't know each other. We just we just know the negative sides. And I know that there are a lot of people that have relocated from various areas as well. But I don't know. <laughs> I hope I hope it's worth it. I do hope it's worth it. The work was only due to last five months, but it's already been seven and it won't be finished until February. Trish Abbott says she's too scared to leave the estate after a near miss in the roadworks area. It's quite a nightmare, really. Um, because they keep changing the route onto the A2070, it's it's hard because I don't know where I am and I go there one day and it's and it's here and then it's a bit further on. So yeah, it's been a nightmare. And um, you know, quite recently, I um, found that I I couldn't see properly because of all the codes and um, stuff in the way all the roadworks stuff. Depending on, as I say, the time of day, you can go down and you can sit and wait to actually get out onto the carriageway. And then once you're on the carriageway, um, yeah, you just have to join the queue. And uh, just to pop Tesco, which is the only place and nearest place to go at the moment to get anything. Sometimes you think, oh, it's not worth it. I just want to stay at home. Recently, um, I tried to get out onto the A2070 and um, as I got to the junction, there was an ambulance on a blue light. So I allowed it to go and I was waiting. And then after it went, I looked and I looked again and I pulled out and there was a car just there. And I mean, and how he didn't hit me, I do not know. And it really shook me up. And um, I pulled over and we talked about it and then he saw how shook up I was. And um, he was really, really nice. Very kind man. Anyway, after that, I've been hardly going out at all. I've lost my confidence totally on actually getting out onto the road uh, because of the fear of it happening again. I won't go out unless I absolutely have to. So I have to rely on family and friends to maybe do shopping for me. And I literally only have to go out if I have a doctor's appointment or something like that. Um, I'll just, yeah, I'll just feel quite isolated. You know, I live on my own. And, um, you know, getting out and going somewhere is quite a treat for me. So to not be able to go anywhere only because of the fear of the driving, yeah, that's going to be a nightmare. Developers say the delay has been caused by Operation Brock and they've thanked residents for their patience. Meanwhile, it could be a frustrating few days for drivers hoping to get away for Christmas as National Highways workers go on strike today. Traffic officers and maintenance staff are walking out between now and Christmas in the latest phase of winter industrial action. London and the South East are the areas affected. Rod Dennis is from the RAC and has this advice. It's a pretty difficult picture for drivers, I think, this year. The message, as usual, is plan your trip carefully. Try to avoid the busiest periods through the course of the day if you can. That normally means getting away as early as you can in the morning. 
or leaving your trip until later in the afternoon. Kent Online News. Our other top stories now, and police are continuing to question an 18-year-old man on suspicion of murder following a stabbing in Sittingbourne. A man in his 40s was found dead at a property off College Road in the early hours of yesterday. We're told the victim and suspect knew each other. Separately, detectives investigating an attempted murder in Sittingbourne have given us a description of someone who might have vital information. A woman was treated in hospital after being attacked on Rectory Road earlier this month. A 46-year-old man has been charged. Officers now want to speak to a cyclist who was apparently seen wearing a number of coats. The daughter of a Chatham man who died after a single punch outside a pub in Maidstone. So she hopes his killer knows what he has taken away from the family this Christmas. 47-year-old Andrew Loosley died in hospital a few days after being knocked to the ground near the Hare and Hounds in Lower Boxley Road in August. One of his six children, Bethany, says no one should be without a parent, let alone have them taken away so suddenly. We told you last week an Ashford teenager had admitted killing him and is facing a lengthy prison sentence. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Works continuing to restore water to thousands of homes and businesses in and around Tunbridge Wells after more than a week of disruption. The Arctic blast and then sudden rise in temperatures caused a number of pipes to burst. People have been unable to flush their toilets, shower or clean, with bottled water stations also incredibly busy. Hospitality businesses say they're losing money at what should be their busiest time of the year. Gabriel Morris from our sister station, KMTV, has been chatting to Richard Grady, who's the director of the King William IV pub in Pembury. We've had uh, interruption to our service for six consecutive days now. Um, we had to close early last Saturday night. We're coming into our busiest time as a business and it's cost us thousands of pounds, so it's, uh, it's, not, it's not ideal. Do you have an exact figure of how much it's costing? Well, we've got two sites affected because we've got one in Crowborough uh, as well. We're here in Pembury and um, I'd have to sit down with the weekly figures, but we're looking probably close to £10,000. And that's lost just because of the lack of water, the loss of water? It's lost revenue um, and, and actually we're at a time where our profitability is being cut all the time. So, so we're probably loss making in our busiest weeks for them two sites. And what would you say to South East Water? Um, where's, where's the planning, where's the infrastructure? Um, they, they must have known that the, the network wasn't up to task um, and therefore where's the pre-planning to try and avoid such issues? And it had been open um, since when you had to close earlier on the weekend and how have you been mitigating, managing um, without water? Uh, we learnt a few things via the the COVID process and all the restrictions and how we had to operate then. So we've still got hand sanitizers in, in place, which we, we think is important as we come out of the pandemic anyway. So they've been helpful for hand washing. Um, but then, of course, we have to uh, you know, flush toilets. Um, we have to clear, clean beer lines in between the cascade lines for sure. Um, so it's, it's been difficult to say the least. Every, water in a pub business is, is critical. Um, it affects every every aspect of our of our trade. Glass washing is another good example. Just cleaning tables, washing floors. Um, so it's been, it's been very tricky. Um, personally, I don't work in the pub day today, but um, Siobhan Hanley, our landlady here, um, and, and Dan at, um, at the Cats Inn in Rotherfield, they've struggled. They've got by, they've shown that British resilience, but we shouldn't have to be doing this in this day and age. We're a first world country and um, we just seem to be regressing for the last 15, 20 years and it's, it's frustrating to say the least. 
And I mean, as you say, how have you, you haven't been able to glass wash, haven't been able to, I guess, clean the pipes as effectively as usual. What, what have you been doing? We've had to um, sell fewer real ales, so we only have to clean the real ale line in between each, each um, real, real ale. Um, the, the keg beer lines we only have to clean once a week, so we've just about managed there. Um, glass washing, would you believe customers are bringing their own glasses in um, for the hours that we've been able to open and trade. Um, Flushing toilets, you know, we're doing that as best as can with the water we've been provided. But again, we're not we're getting small bottles of water as a pub business. Um, where's South East Waters planning in terms of businesses? Why are they not planning to give businesses more support when things like this happen? Do you think you should be seeing compensation? There? Absolutely, yeah. We, we we've got to see some kind of compensation. We we pay enough money for the service. Um, I'm led to believe the profitability of these companies is really quite strong. Um, therefore, you know, we, we've got to get it back when we're not getting the service that we require, especially when it's costing our business money. Our reporter Ben Austin also caught up with people queuing up for bottled water. First is Amy Fenton. For over a week, we haven't really had any water during the day, so we've had it early morning. Um, so we can't flush toilets, can't have a shower, can't drink water, <laughs> um, cooking, cleaning. So, yeah, I've been having showers at the gym. Um... People have offered to fill bottles up, obviously come here to get bottled water. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't mind a couple of days of disruption. I understand there'll be leaks and things, but it just feels like something else is going on possibly. Yeah. Um, to uh, how, how do you feel about it all? Like? I just feel fed up about it really. Um, I just think they're not really being honest about why we're not having water. Because um, it just seems a bit strange. It's on in the morning and then it's off again. Um, just not really getting any answers, no one's really getting through in customer service. Um, just all seems, yeah, I'm just, just a bit exhausted with it, with everything going on with Christmas and everything. You know, I just want it to be fixed really and just need to know when it will be fixed and what the actual problem is. And here's Michael Nichols. Well, we're having trouble with that because my wife suffers with colitis, of which she has to go, sometimes when she has an attack, she will go toilet about five or six times a day. Well, this water doesn't even fill a siphon, you know, a, a toilet uh, flushing system. So we, we're having trouble there. But uh, apart from that, I mean, it's a nuisance anyway, because you get up in the morning, you want to have a wash or a shower, you can't do it because there's no water. At the night time, there's no water. During the day, there's no water. But there's nobody to tell you when the water's coming on or when it's going off. So you've got to take pot luck. You just have to keep trying the tap. Is the water on? No. Leave it. Later on, try it again. Water on? No. Southeast Waters apologised and say supplies should return throughout today. Kent Online reports. A gang's been caught on CCTV stealing vapes and threatening a worker at a shop on Rochester High Street. At Kent Online, you can see footage of them going into S&J News wearing balaclavas. Aldi and B&M in Struda also thought to have been targeted. Police are investigating. Meanwhile, three businesses in Canterbury have had their windows smashed by vandals just days before Christmas. Rowley's Fudge Pantry, Canterbury Tells Cafe, and Pratt have all been targeted on Mercery Lane. It's been reported to police and bosses say they'll be looking through CCTV footage to try and catch whoever's responsible. Figures seen by the Kentonline podcast show more police officers quit in 2022 compared to last year, with most saying they were resigning due to being unhappy in their role. 
And police data between January and October shows 120 decided to leave, with almost half of them having less than two years' experience. The force's head of HR says it's committed to doing everything to retain officers, and by next March they'll have the most in its history, with more than 4,100 full-time equivalent. Now, Kent homelessness charities criticised the county council for cutting their funding just as demand soars. Porchlight will miss out on £2.5 million, which could mean they have to scale back support for people at risk of ending up on the streets. Nicola's been speaking to Joe Dawes, who's the head of fundraising. We were told at the start of the year that the council would be decommissioning their homelessness services. That's a loss of £5 million of funding towards homeless services in Kent. Huge concern for us as an organisation at a time when we're seeing a cost of living crisis and the number of people with severe complex issues coming to us for help. Really worried about this lack of funding and what it will mean for our services. Do you know how much it's going to mean for you, Porchlight, individually? Um, Have you been able to work that out? Yes, the loss is £2.5 million to us. It's a huge sum of money for us to try and find from other avenues. the cost is, of course, really it's a human cost. That's where we'll see the impact. We're going to have to reduce the services we give to people who are at risk of homelessness. Um, we're just going to have to focus on a smaller number of people who have very complex issues. That's a real concern for us as to where we can fill the gaps and plug, plug that income from. We've already seen a reduction in funding, so that kicked in at the end of September. We've lost a million pounds in funding. Uh, we've, we've got a transition period and all funding will cease in April 2024. So we've got about 18 months to try and find that income from other areas and to protect the people that we help. Give us some sort of idea, Joe, as to what services you're providing and what that money previously went towards paying for. We run a service called Ken Homelessness Connect. Uh, it's a support service for people who are homeless or at risk of homeless. So we've got hostel accommodation, um, 24-hour support for people with very complex needs. And um, we also are trying to do a lot of work in the community to stop people getting to that point where they need uh, a 24-hour care. So we've, uh, we were supporting people in their homes and people on the streets. And what we envisage will happen is that we we'll have to stop that work supporting people in their homes. And in the worst case scenario, we may have to close the doors to those accommodation projects at April 2024, unless we can replace that funding. It's our worst nightmare. It's the antithesis of what we stand for. We're working hard. We've had some very productive conversations with uh, local councils and districts and boroughs, uh, but they are similarly dependent on government funding. So, We are also hoping that the general public will step up at this time of need. We've got an emergency appeal to replace £1 million of funding, and we're hoping that the general public will help us with that. But of course, cost of living crisis is really affecting everyone. Have you noticed that, that it's making it harder to fundraise? Because I'm sure everyone's questioning, aren't they, at the moment, what they're giving their money towards? Absolutely. Yeah, we know times are hard for everyone out there. Uh, We're really thankful to people that have been able to generously give money Uh, but yes we're seeing that whilst we're getting a large number of donations the the value of those donations has decreased from in previous years and we're not getting the same amount of high gifts that we've received Uh, there's still time so we're hopeful that people come forward over the next few months to help out but as you said earlier i mean this cut in funding couldn't really have come at a worse time because you're supporting more and more people just give us an idea as to the the escalating need that you're facing at the moment absolutely we thought it was a it 
crazy time to take the decision to cut the service when obviously we're going to see an increase in the number of people that are needing our services. We live in a county where we have very high rents and yet we have some very deprived boroughs where people are on low incomes. As the cost of living crisis continues, we expect to see more and more people needing our help. And we're still dealing with the after effects of the pandemic. Many, many people are struggling with their mental health, lost jobs. Um, so the impacts are far reaching. We, we think it's a crazy time to take the decision to cut services and very worrying for everybody involved in the sector. King County Council say their budget is under considerable pressure and they've not made the decision lightly. They insist that they're committed to making sure vulnerable people get the help they need. Elsewhere, the community stepped in to help a man who's living in his car in Thanet. Robert Woodward has been homeless for three months and when his Skoda's battery died during the recent cold snap, he put out an appeal for jump leads and was inundated with gloves, hats, blankets and food. A GoFundMe page has since been set up to help find him accommodation over Christmas. More than a million pounds is being spent on a revamp of the Tanner Contemporary in Margate. Images on our website show the art gallery encased in scaffolding while contractors restore the glass exterior and boost its fire protection. We're told the work's due to last almost a year. More than 30 jobs have been created in Kent thanks to two new Starbucks stores. One's launched in Roman Way in Crayford at the former Audi supermarket site while the other's open in Prospect Place in Dartford. And 2020's I'm a Celeb winner Giovanna Fletcher has been spotted among the crowds at the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury. The 37-year-old was supporting her sister-in-law, Carrie Hope Fletcher, who stars as the villain in the venue's retelling of Sleeping Beauty. In a post on Instagram, she described the panto as brilliant. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also sign up to The Briefing to get a daily update of the top stories each morning just head to kentonline.co.uk News you can trust This is the Kent Online Podcast This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone offering a range of new and approved used cars including MG, Seat and Vauxhall